Hey, Belinda Bags here, co-founder of Surfers for Climate. Stoked to be sharing with you this episode of Car Park Combos. What we talk about isn't just BS. Conversations and stories have the power to create meaningful change so we can all continue our journey of learning and surfing our way to a more positive future. This chat was recorded on Wadarung country. Like all countries of this continent, sovereignty was never ceded. This land is stolen. First Nations people, the true locals, took care of the land and sea here for countless tens of thousands of years. I would like to pay my respects to the elders and traditional owners for their continuing custodianship of this beautiful land, and send an extra welcome to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people listening in. So excited to introduce Buji Libanez. Buji and I connected almost eight years ago now on a mission traveling through the Philippines when I was looking for a very specific longboard fin, a 9.75 Greeno 4A to be exact. After a really random series of Facebook chats, Buji rolled up at my hotel. You jumped out of your combi van with your beautiful wife Nikki by your side and lent me the fin. We then had dinner with 20 of your closest friends and now fast forward countless fun surf sessions in under two foot surf, too many long overnight car rides searching for two foot surf and several parties with you singing and entertaining. We're now really, really close mates. Uh, And ever since then, I've been so inspired by everything that you've done. So really, really stoked to be able to get a few minutes and talk to you today. Um, Actually, we've been inspired because of you. That's why we started loving logging and the whole lifestyle because of you. And, <laughs> and just, I'm just so starstruck now to be interviewed by the Bindi Bags. <laughs> interviewed, but also one of my best friends. So it's different. <laughs> I'm so lucky. <laughs> yeah, we're both lucky. We're both lucky. Um, you're, I guess, rightfully trademarked as one of the Philippines' most stylish and influential oh. longboarders. <laughs> In true SFC style, let's start with your last surf session. Tell us where it was and what it was like. Uh, my last surf session was two days ago. It was really small, small career, maybe knee high. Uh, I got to surf for 30 minutes and went in in time for my friend's birthday party. We had a barbecue by the beach and Pancho was there and Nikki and all my friends. So it was a short surf session, but still special. <laughs> Very special. Any surf session at Kuril is special. Kuril is one of the, <laughs> would you call it one of Philippines' premier longboard breaks? Near surf town La Union? Ah, uh, yes, definitely. I, I, I'd say so. Yeah, <laughs> so nice. Um. And if you had to describe yourself in three words, what would those three words be? <laughs> um, maybe nostalgic, uh, kind, and silly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've known you for quite a few years now, and I can contest that all those three very, very fitting. <laughs> Absolutely. From your combi fan, single fin longboard, even your hair, there's iconic detail to style. And you're simply one of the nicest people I have ever met and someone that I laughed at 
even in a hospital bed, with stories that you've told me asking customers to choose their own change. Your sense of humor is one I can completely relate to. Um, so I guess I wanted to talk a little bit about the Filipino surf culture. And with over almost 7,000 islands making up the country's geography, there are hundreds, if not thousands, of possibilities of finding waves. So what's your favorite area to surf in in the Philippines and why? Um, Caril, definitely. <laughs> Because <laughs> uh, it's just uh, it's such a fun break. Uh, we get long right-handers, and uh, it's, it's even on a big day, it's easy to paddle out. Uh, there's all the channel. Um, if you lose your board, you won't wreck it. It won't hit rocks or <laughs> or the reef. Um, it's just a long. It's just a long, fun, um, healing wave that. That's friendly enough, and then it gets a bit challenging also on a on a bigger day. Where do the swells usually come from? Um, it's good on a it works on a south swell, um, but it's more consistent um, during north swell. I'd say all the way till February. It's, it's, it's good there. So you're in prime time. Uh, yes, we try to drop everything whenever Karil is working. <laughs> <laughs> We make sure that we we don't miss out as much as we could. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, I've heard stories of surfing being introduced to the Philippines by servicemen in the 1960s, and like we've, I guess, a lot of us have sort of seen the scene in the film um, Apocalypse Now. Yes. <laughs> I'm really interested to know if like that kind of is the start of you know, the surf history in the Philippines or if there was history prior to that? Um, I'd say that that's uh, fairly accurate. Uh, it started in Baler, right? That's what they say. <laughs> surfing started in Baler. Surfing in the Philippines started in Baler during filming of that, that movie. And then here in La Union, um, um, Australians and Japanese were the, and American servicemen, I'd say, were the first ones to, to frequent uh, the surf spots here um, back in maybe late 70s, early 80s. And how did you get into surfing? What's, tell us a bit about your journey. <laughs> um, I got fascinated with, with surfing after watching Endless Summer on TV. <laughs> and... Uh, Endless Summer 1, that one, that was what I saw. And when I found out through my friend that we had surfed in La Union uh, right after college, um, I went here with my friend and discovered La Union and fell in love with it uh, at once. <laughs> and I knew that it was something I wanted to do for the rest of my life. <laughs> Yeah, so that's how I started surfing. And I'm interested, like, once you started, was that it? Were you then, like, surfing every day? Or how did that sort of look like for you? Um, I didn't get to surf every day back then because I still lived in Manila. So I would visit La Union, maybe stay here for a couple of days and go back to the city and just dream about my next trip to La Union, you know? <laughs> My my mind was stuck here, <laughs> uh, uh, so that it, back then it was an eight hour drive 
from Manila to La Union. Then there were no surf apps. Uh, we just crossed our fingers and hope we get lucky that we had waves when we got here. What was your hit to miss ratio like? Did you score uh, surf most of the time? Most, of, maybe <laughs> a lot of times we got skunked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, if I would call our friend on the phone, Anthony Valdez, and ask him if he thinks there'd be waves in the weekend. So he'd go out, check the moon, and say, I think there'll be waves this weekend, so you can head head here. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but uh, most of the time, he was wrong. <laughs> but it was still a, a fun trip, you know? always being here and getting to hang out with the locals was a special Special time wallet. <laughs> and eventually you moved to La Union? Eventually uh, we were able to move here and live here full time. All because that's of... That's always been my dream <laughs> to move here. <laughs> Absolutely. And would you say that that's like surfing that had kind of drawn you there or the beach or the lifestyle that it represents? Uh, yeah, surfing and the lifestyle it represented. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, you're living your dream. My experiences of surfing the Philippines have all been truly amazing, full of huge smiles, loads of fun, and really just ultimate stoke. Even when the waves are average, everyone seems to just love being in the water and spending time together, even sharing waves in a crowded lineup. What is surf culture like now in the Philippines? What are the attitudes of surfers, demographics of people in the water? The vibe out there. Can you paint a picture for people who have never been to the Philippines before? So surfing now here is very popular. Uh, on a weekend, you'll see cars with longboards on top, driving around looking for, for waves. <laughs> um, so the spots here in London are more crowded now. Um, longboarding is popular already um so on a weekend um it can get really crowded <laughs> um but is everyone happy in the water uh, yeah still still a very happy vibe the water you know people uh still sharing waves um So it's a mix of longboarding and shortboarding. Uh, is longboarding or shortboarding is one more popular over the other? In La Union, I think more people longboard here. Um, I'd say more man, more Manila people, more people from the city longboard, and then shortboarders or people who are based here. Uh, sorry, locals and people who are based here shortboard more. Say. Yeah, and do you think that's based on like a skill level thing, or them being able to access swells when they're here, based on their uh, location? Yeah, that's true. Um, skill level allows them to to shortboard. Yeah, or, and then people who are starting surf or just getting into it, uh, they hop on a long longboard because it's, it's easier and I think it's more fun. <laughs> uh, you, you can catch more waves. And would you say that's the same across the other like main surf destinations in the Philippines? Um, like in Shargao, 
probably a few years, few years ago, it was just a lot about shortboarding, you know, shortboard uh, mentality and surfing bigger waves on shortboard. Um, but because of uh, visitors like longboarders or logger visitors from from Australia, the US, such as uh, Josie, Josie Pendercast, she's a local of Chargao. And I think that's why logging in Chargao now is very popular already because of her style and seeing her in the water and her inspiring a lot of locals to get into logging and have that uh, same mentality and that outlook in surfing. Uh, so now I think longboarding is already very popular in Chargao. Josie is a really beautiful surfer. I can see why that shift has happened. Surigao is, of course, the area of Cloud Nine, and primarily, I would say, one of the first waves the rest of the world identifies with when we hear about surfing in the Philippines. What about the demographics of the people who make up the surfing population in the Philippines? I find it really interesting that in my numerous travels to a really vast array of countries, I've found that in areas where surfing is quite new to that country, being first or second generation surfers, that there's really a higher ratio of the surfers being women in the lineup. What's your observation here? Um, yeah, a lot of uh, ladies have been uh, getting into, into surfing now. That's what I mean. Yeah, the ratio, I'd say maybe ilan <laughs> kaya? Maybe half, half ladies, half men surfing in the in the lineup. Uh, Including before, your beautiful partner Nikki leading the charge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before you know, because of colonial mentality, uh, ladies didn't want to surf because they didn't want to get dark. They wanted to keep a fair complexion, <laughs> that that thinking, you know. Uh, but now they've they've accepted that uh, brown is beautiful, you know. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so more and more uh, ladies are, you know, they're more comfortable being dark and being tan or uh, sun-drenched. <laughs> so that's good. <laughs> Absolutely. And a smile's beautiful as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and how do you think surfing's perceived by non-surfers in the Philippines? So like the broader community, do you feel like it's been accepted into the mainstream or you know, do you come across people that are still like, what the hell are you doing out there all this time? <laughs> yeah, before um most people would think that's People who are who get into surfing are just you know, bums or have nothing else to do, nothing better to do. <laughs> and we're uh, like, but now lots of people from Manila, like lots of professionals, get into surfing already. Uh, it's more mainstream. So the the outlook now is like uh, surfing is for for the maybe for the the wealthier have a lot, lot of spare time, lots of spare cash to just go surfing instead of being stuck working or, you know, being stuck in the office. 
And do you think that's reflective of the people that are out in the water as well? Is it more so the wealthier, um, like, demographic of people that are out there? Or would you say that's that's just a notion that people sort of perceive? Maybe um, it's true in a way. Like, on weekends, lots of people from Manila, yeah, as I said, uh, more professionals or businessmen and... You see them out surfing in the lineup. What about the born and bred Lonian locals? Are you seeing an influx of local surfers as well? Uh, lots more locals surfing uh, who, are, who were born here and born and raised here. Still, still more. They, they outnumber uh, people from Manila. Maybe for sure the, the locals, since they have lots more water type, they get to excel more compared to uh, people from Manila who rarely get to serve, uh, not as often as the locals. Last time I was there, the locals were ripping. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're so good. They're so good. I was gen- yeah, I was genuinely impressed. Like all the all the local people were surfing so good. And super healthy as well. Like everyone was all muscly and <laughs> definitely not missing a wave, that's for sure. When it's good, they're out there. All day, right? Yes. <laughs> but um, on weekends, most of them are also good surfing. They're, they're surf instructors, so well, when there are lots of students, um, it's also time for... Or Manila surfers to catch a little bit more waves yeah. <laughs> to themselves. <laughs> that brings me to one of my next questions. Do you think surfing has had a positive influence on La Union? From visiting Manila surfers to the Western surfing tourists, has there been positive or negative changes for the community? I say it's positive. It's giving lots of uh, livelihood for for the local surfers who are surf instructors and then for business owners here, locals and um, people from Manila who started putting up hostels or restaurants and cafes. So it's, it's good, uh, good for local tourism, for sure. So no one's upset when they see a, see a visiting surfer? <laughs> no, as long as it's not... Uh, uh, Taking all the waves and as long as he respects, uh, you know, basic get surf etiquette. Yep. Yeah, amazing. Um, people, people here are really very friendly and very warm, you know, uh, hospitable. <laughs> Yeah, that's one thing that I've actually noted. Every time I've gone for a surf in Lunion, it's like a, a celebration of being in the water and being able to share that with the whole community, then it feels like a competitive zone or, you know, like it's definitely something that everybody shares together. Yes. <laughs> Especially when they see Dindy Bags catching ah. away. <laughs> sharing, sharing a surf session with you in the lineup is always something uh, to celebrate. <laughs> One for the books. <laughs> Just trying to take points off you and Nikki, take, taking tips, <laughs> <laughs> writing it down. 
And what about the majority of your surf gear over there, like your boards, your wetsuits, your wax? Like, where does this come from? Is it easily accessible? Are there people over there manufacturing, you know, that gear locally? So um, I'm very lucky that and honored to be uh, getting boards from, from Sean Nettleton. So I ride his boards. Nikki rides some of my boards too. Um, and they come from Australia? Not, sorry? They come from sorry. Australia? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sean Nettleton makes them from from Australia and uh, says whenever he gets to visit La Union, he brings the boards here. Uh, so I'm very thankful for that. Um, but now there's a couple of local surfers who've been making long boards and short boards and fishes uh, here in La Union. And um, they're, they're good boards too. Um, uh, and it's very accessible to the locals and people from Manila. Is anyone struggling for gear? Now, not as, as bad as before when the locals would just ride uh, really old, banged up boards that were handed over by visiting Australians. And you know, they, they started off as good boards and then through the years when everyone would, would share and pass them down the next surfer they get really beaten up but they still rip on them <laughs> uh but now some of them get imported boards um but most of them ride locally made surfboards yeah that's good it seems like all the boards over there are definitely seeing like longevity they're getting used until they can't be used <laughs> anymore <laughs> yes. and from what i saw everyone takes really good care of their equipment including you <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Surfboards are very, very special. <laughs> Absolutely. And as far as, like, you mentioned that you're sponsored by Nettleton and get boards from Australia, but as far as, like, you know, the rest of the surf community there goes, do you see really good surfers getting supported or sponsored by surf brands? Um, yes. Yes, I'd say. But... Maybe to be sponsored to compete uh, internationally would be something that could really be a big help for the for the local surfers who are really really good to be able to uh, visit international surf contests and to partake uh, would be a very good exposure to them. So I'd say maybe. Uh, global surf brands but if they would like to support the local surfers to compete abroad that'd be great i agree it really would be so incredible to see some of the amazingly talented surfers given an opportunity to compete at an international level i was truly shocked at just how high the general caliber of surfing is in the philippines particularly from the locals phenomenal to see just how far they could go Hopefully, there are some big brands listening to this that could offer some support. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and, like, you see a lot of powerful ty typhoons. Some of the most powerful typhoons across the whole globe hit the Philippines. Um, have you seen 
like your local break changed over the years from typhoons or any other environmental impacts that could be threatening to riding waves or to just general ocean health? Um, yeah, whenever big typhoons hit, some, some coastal communities uh, get hit really bad. And some of my friends have to rebuild their homes after a big storm. Um, like a, a f last, last year or a few years ago, uh, we were facing this big threat uh, of a coal, coal plant being built, a massive coal plant being built a few towns from, from San Juan. Um, but with the help of Greenpeace and then with some local uh, groups, uh, we were able to to fight fight it, and um, I think they dropped it now. They they they're not gonna push through with that coal plant anymore because of all the noise we were able to to make in social media. Um, it lost support, financial backing, and and you know they just decided not to push through with that coal plant. Otherwise, it would have destroyed the coastline and you know, the life the livelihood of lots of people here um, and we're very lucky that it's not pushing through anymore that's amazing yeah. <laughs> must feel so good to to know that you know when your community came together to fight this that your voices were actually heard and you made a difference yes <laughs> so relieved <laughs> very relieved you know for for one year, we were so stressed <laughs> with that cold plan. What sort of actions did you and the community take to try and to try and stop it? Um, we we we'd, uh, just voice out on social media, and then there were some rallies also. Where did you have the rallies? In San Fernando town. Um, also in Luna, where the coal plant was going to be built. Like on the actual um, site? Yes, but it was really hard because um, there, were there were hired goons who would try to scare those involved, the people involved. Um, some of them even got death threats. And, you know, so it was also a, a bit scary. Well, that's... That's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> so after after uh, rallies, they would be followed by goons all the way back to their homes, and um, sometimes yeah, get received death threats. But uh, they still push through. Um, they they didn't let that uh, stop them from voicing out against the the coal plant. And because of that, uh, uh, because of all the noise from social media, from locally and some support from international uh, people who were anti-coal also, uh, it didn't push through, luckily and thankfully. <laughs> wow. Wow, that's incredible. I didn't know that part of the story. That's <laughs> yes. Yeah, really terrifying, and thank God everybody over there is so strong and, like, stuck 
stuck to their morals and their beliefs to to stop yes. this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that that was the time when you, I think you you went here for single and attached, and that was one of the main main reasons uh, for holding SNU that that year was to fight the coal plant. Yeah, so I, re- I remember there being quite a few speeches about the coal plant at the event. Yeah. We had banners saying coal, coal is not cool everywhere. Like my friends made stickers saying coal is not cool and we were giving it away people. And, and it was everybody that was on board, like the whole community, not just the surfers? Yes, not just the surfers. Even the locals, business owners were really against it because they knew the damage it would do to this place, this beautiful place uh, would get ruined because of that coal plant. Uh, and then it would be for such a long time, long, would even uh, maybe the, our grandchildren would suffer from it. And it's good that they realized they needed to do something. Uh, otherwise, if they just stayed quiet or just didn't do anything, uh, the coal plant would push through and it would be too late already to fight it. For me, it was really great to see a community step up, like obviously partially led by you and your influence and a lot of other amazing people, but just to protect the places that they love so much and so proud of you guys to see that be a victory. Thank you. It's amazing. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Um, and on to the contest, like you started single and unattached, is that correct? Uh, I was part of the group that started single and unattached. And so what is Uh, single and... 10 years ago. Do you believe that? Wow. (laughs) So long. And so what is... 11 years ago. 11. What is single and unattached? Run us through like what exactly it is, why, why you and your mates started the contest, um... And, and like where it's headed now. Yeah, so 11 years ago, um, we just we decided to start the event to showcase the art of classic longboarding, traditional longboarding, uh, to share with Filipinos the beauty of that art, that art form, <laughs> and to, to let them know that it's not just about pure competitive shortboard or I'd say high perform high performance or uh, high performance longboarding, you know. Uh, there was also this other side surfing, which was more laid back, you know, uh, more um, more relaxed and uh, more focused on uh, that other aspect, that traditional side of longboarding, you know. And where uh, it's more of a celebration of surfing and that art form, being out with friends and sharing waves, that fun aspect. So we decided to run that event with the help of a lot of friends, such as you, (laughs) who supported and came over to take part. (laughs) Our friends from California, Japan, um, Australia, other parts of the globe uh, who helped made it a uh, special annual thing that people looked forward to. 
It's it's such a beautiful atmosphere that you've created with the event, obviously out in the water and on the beach, but the night activities as well. I really feel like it's a full encompassing um, like take on what surfing actually is, especially in the Philippines. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like a a full week of uh, partying and having good music. Uh, having a great time with friends and mind like uh, like-minded people. <laughs> Do you feel like that's that that single and unattached has sort of influenced the surf culture since it's since it started? Uh, I'd say um, got a lot of people into logging <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so just because I saw how fun it is. <laughs> yes and. Because of people like you would come and visit and inspire lot lots of locals uh, to surf like you guys. <laughs> well, it's definitely a fun time, and I can't wait for our borders to open so I can get back. <laughs> yes, uh, come surfing with all my I hope friends. That, that time comes soon. <laughs> fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, <laughs> And and since that time, you and Nikki have also designed and built Vessel Hostel in La Union. And um, it's just so bursting with true Filipino Aloha vibes. I just love it there. You've created you. such a beautiful space. But it's also made out of repurposed shipping containers. Why did yes. you why did you choose shipping containers as a material and can you tell us a little bit more about the design um, and concept behind vessel um, so I first built the the bungalow in our property and I left out the a uh, small portion at the back for something in the future I didn't know what to do yet with that part uh, and I my friends and, and I got this idea to build something like a hostel in that area. And I measured it, the, the blank space, and um, saw that uh, two 20-foot two containers side by side fitted it perfectly. Um, and I had a friend who was a supplier of shipping, used shipping containers. And so we decided to to build a hostel made out of containers to stack them at the back and we already had the house below so a 40 two 40 foot containers that were overhanging above our house would be perfect uh so that's how uh design came about we decided to to build a hostel out of containers so we can uh make it uh easy to build that structure was was up in maybe 48 hours it was already there then we just had to to do the interiors afterwards so our neighbors you know when when they went to bed it was just a bungalow beside their house and then when they woke up there was already this three-story structure <laughs> erected <laughs> You've really, it seems like you've really utilized such a small space, like perfectly. Yeah, we had to. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's just a, such a small space. We had to make 
make the most out of every inch. <laughs> it's amazing. And how many visitors do you come? Do you have come through like in the average week, for example? Um, during the start of the pandemic, we had zero <laughs> for a for a year. Oh, no, no. Was, was here, but now it's getting busier already. Yeah, thankfully, and we're on weekends. We're always fully booked, ready. So we have. Um, we originally had five rooms, and we built two new private rooms. Uh, um, so I'd say on a weekend we have as many as uh, twenty-eight people, twenty-eight guests staying with us on a weekend. Mostly all surfers. Um, not really. Most a, a lot of them just travelers who want to relax and get the chance to 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 step out of their their homes in Manila and. You know, be in the beach, be in the open air. <laughs> Why wouldn't you, right? <laughs> Why wouldn't you want to go yes. visit beautiful La Union? More people connecting to nature. What's an average day in the life of Bougie look like? <laughs> um, I'd wake up uh, and then have a quick breakfast. And then uh, it's my turn to take care of Pancho. <laughs> for a few hours until he takes a nap after lunch and then that's when I uh, get to visit the project sites we're building a couple of things here uh, for other people we have um, I think we're, we're doing we're doing three houses and some commercial spaces so I, I hop on my I've been cycling a lot lately so I, I hop on my, my bike and then I enjoy that a lot you know bike to project sites and then come back home uh, and try to go to the beach with Pancho every day uh, with Pancho and Nikki we spend time until sunset with Pancho and then after that uh, it's time to feed him dinner and he usually goes to sleep at around 8.30 in the evening. That's when uh, we get to work again on the computer, do more design stuff. Uh, when we're lucky, we get to watch a movie and maybe, maybe have a glass of whiskey. Nikki has a glass of wine just to relax. And then um, Nikki goes to bed earlier than I do. I go to bed almost around 2 a.m. Every, <laughs> every day and then that's it. When, when the waves are good, uh, yeah, especially when Karil is working, we just spend the whole day in the beach. <laughs> just drop everything, go serving. Yes. 